Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Wiser Financial Advisor Show with Josh Nelson, where we get real, we get honest, and we get clear about the financial world and your money. This is Josh Nelson, a certified financial planner and founder and CEO of Keystone Financial Services. We love feedback, and we'd love it if you would pass it on to me directly at josh at keystonefinancial.com. Also, please stay plugged in with us, get updates on episodes, and help us promote the podcast. And also, subscribing to us at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast service. Let the financial fun begin. Today, we're going to talk about which is better, Roth versus traditional. And I can tell you, 22 years of doing this as a financial advisor, that's one of the most frequent questions that I get. And I know a lot of my colleagues out there get a lot is which is better? What should I contribute to either Roth or traditional? And what we're talking about here is retirement contributions, because there are two basic types of retirement contributions that you can make, whether it's a traditional 401k or a Roth 401k, and their cousins, the traditional IRA and the Roth IRA. Now, I can tell you today, we're going to get into some things to think about, because this would be hours and hours worth of material if we really covered every single nuance with regard to Roth versus traditional. I am going to tell you some of the things that pop into my mind, at least as far as making decisions on this, because I think there are some key things that you need to think about and that I need to think about because I'm doing this as well, right? I'm also contributing to a retirement plan, 401k, that we have here at Keystone. So, Benjamin Franklin, he said, in this world, nothing is certain except death and taxes. And that certainly applies here because the bottom line is that you do have to pay the taxes at some point on your income. So with regard to choosing which should I do, Roth versus traditional, it really all comes down to when do you want to pay your income taxes? And of course, you might say, uh, how about never, Josh? Well, unfortunately, that's just not an option as Ben Franklin observed. You do have taxes. It's going to happen on one end or the other because income does get taxed in this country. So thinking about Roth versus traditional, before we really answer that question, which is better, let's go over how these plans actually work. And traditional 401k is being the pre-tax variety. That's where you're diverting dollars of your income. And we're going to cover 401ks as far as contributions, because I do find that's where people are mostly adding to right now through their work retirement plan. And most employers now, bigger employers at least, do offer both Roth and traditional choices. Here at Keystone, we offer that to all of our employees. They can either choose Roth or traditional. So the traditional 401k allows us to divert dollars pre-tax. And what we're doing is we're really going in pre-tax. That means that there's a tax benefit right now. And so depending on what tax bracket you're in, it might only feel like 80 cents or 75 cents or 60 cents, depending on what your tax bracket is. In other words, 80 cents, 75 cents, 60 cents on the dollar. If you put a dollar away, it might not actually feel like a whole dollar. So there is some advantage there in that it doesn't hurt you as badly right now from a cash flow standpoint. And if you're really diligent, it means that you could actually probably bump up your contributions faster and put a larger percentage in than if you were feeling that full dollar. So with traditional 401k, these are our pre-tax 
dollars as far as how it impacts your paycheck. If you put in some money, it's going to feel like not that whole amount because you're getting the tax benefit today. So keep in mind, employer contributions, your employer contributions always go to the traditional or pre-tax 401k. That's just the way it works. There's no choice from the employer. They're not being mean. It actually has to go in there because it's an employer contribution. And yes, they get a tax write-off when it goes in, but nonetheless, it does have to go to the pre-tax variety of the 401k. One other thing to keep in mind with retirement contributions to a traditional 401k is that someday when these dollars come out, whether you roll them over to an IRA or you just start drying them out somehow, once you're age 59 and a half, you're no longer penalized anymore. So the 10% penalty that normally would apply to early withdrawals, they call early withdrawals anything before age 59 and a half, they would be penalized and they would be taxable on the back end. When you're taking those dollars out, they'll be taxable as ordinary income when you take the money out in that year, in other words, of the withdrawal. So keep in mind, these tax consequences can have a big impact later on, even though it might feel good to get the tax benefit today. One other nuance with traditional 401ks or traditional IRAs, both, is that required minimum distributions apply to these plans. What that means is that in general, when you hit age 72, it used to be age 70 and a half, by the way, now it's age 72, that's the first year that you are required to calculate and withdraw a required minimum distribution. So that's just something to keep in mind is that required minimum distributions will be required to be taken out of the retirement plan and taxable to you at some point during your lifetime, assuming that you live beyond age 72. So keep that in mind is that eventually the IRS is going to force you to start drawing dollars out and those dollars will be taxable as ordinary income. Let's go over Roth 401k. These are after-tax contributions. Again, this is traditional versus Roth. Roth 401k, these are after-tax contributions. And think of it really here that you don't get any tax benefit up front. And so really what you're doing is you're prepaying your taxes. You're really paying the full taxes on that dollar that we talked about before. It feels like the whole dollar is being taken out of your paycheck, meaning that you're just paying it now. You're paying the dollars now on that income. And what you believe, what you have to believe, of course, because if you're thinking about the 401k, the traditional 401k, you're thinking, well, that's a pretty good deal, especially because maybe some of you are getting into higher income tax brackets and trying to figure out how can I get some deductions here. A couple of years ago, they simplified the tax code a bit, if that's possible. They simplified things a little bit in that the standard deduction now has gone up quite high. In other words, most people don't end up itemizing their taxes anymore. And so for a lot of folks, there just aren't a lot of deductions to be had out there other than you can do a traditional 401k if your employer allows it. If you're self-employed, you can also do this. Keep that in mind. You can set up your own traditional 401k. Let us know. We can talk to you about this. So keep that in mind that with a Roth 401k, we're feeling the full impact of the dollars that we're putting in right now. You believe that you're better off foregoing the tax benefit now, and you really like the idea that all the growth coming out will be tax-free later on. So you kind of get the benefits along the way. All the earnings, all the growth that ends up happening, those dollars will end up being tax-free later on, and they're tax-deferred as long as you're not drawing money out early. And the same age applies there. Age 59 and a half is the magic age. You need to go beyond that age. There's a few exceptions to that. But just for simplicity's sake today, you have to get beyond that age before you will be able to draw dollars out without being penalized or taxed in the case of the Roth 401k. So again, tax-free distributions later on. 
the reality is, is if you have an employer plan that's doing matching, just to make it clear here, if you've got an employer that's doing matching, even if you divert 100% of your money into the Roth 401k option, their money is still going into traditional. So someday when you leave that employer, more than likely you're going to roll that out. You probably don't want to leave that with an old employer. So you'll roll that out. And the pre-tax portion, the traditional portion goes to a traditional IRA. And the after-tax portion would be the Roth and that would go to a Roth IRA. So your rollover would actually get split in two, and depending on what you had diverted away of your money, you'll end up with some Roth dollars, or you could end up with a lot of traditional dollars. By the way, these are great problems to have, right, where we're trying to make these choices because it means that you've probably reached some level of financial stability. We always talk about some basics, and I hammer on these a lot because they're so important. Number one, we want to make sure that we've got emergency funds available in case something bad happens. And as Murphy says, something bad will happen. We know that. That's just part of life. If we have anything that we're doing, if we're working, if we've got a house, we've got a car, we've got a family, there's going to be stuff that happens. There are going to be unexpected expenses that come up. That's why we want a three to six month worth of living expenses, emergency fund set aside at all times, meaning it's just money sitting in the credit union or in the bank, not probably earning a whole lot of interest right now. But the reality is that's there for that rainy day when something happens that was unexpected, a true emergency that you'll be able to draw from. The other thing is that we want to make sure that you've got all of your consumer debt paid off. So get that stuff paid off as fast as possible. A mortgage is okay. It's one of those things that most people can't just write a check and buy a house. If you can, good for you. (laughs) That's awesome. But in most cases, people can't just write a check. And the other thing that's nice about real estate is that real estate actually has the ability to appreciate and it tends to do that with inflation over time. So when we're paying that down over time, we're probably also receiving some appreciation, at least in general, over time, we're probably receiving some appreciation in the value of that property versus just about everything else we buy just goes down in value, values of cars and boats and whatever else we're putting money into. It's fun. It's nice to be able to do those things, but they're not going to go up in value. They're going to go down in value to zero eventually. So keep in mind, all of our consumer debt we want to have paid off. Now we're talking about retirement savings because we've reached that level of stability that we're talking about the future and the percentage that we want to be putting away of our money, ideally our money, not including the match, is going to be a minimum of 15% of our income going away for the future. For retirement, probably is going to be your retirement income out of these funds later on. So 15% of our own money going away. If we get some matching, that's great. If you can, ideally we love to see 20%. If you can do 20% away for the future, plus company matching. If that's the case, that's great. You might ask, why am I not including company matching in the percentage that I'm having you put away? It's because of two things. Number one, that match is not guaranteed. And many of you have been around and have worked at different companies know that when we hit recessions, or even if a sector or a company is having struggles, they're going to be finding every way they can to save money during that time period. One of the things that they will probably do is look at the company match and look at cutting that, suspending that temporarily to save money. So keep in mind, that's not a guarantee that they're putting that money away for you. Second thing is that there are vesting periods on the matching with almost every company, meaning that you've got to be there a certain number of years before you you get 100% of that money. So to be safe, always better just to figure your money, what you're diverting away. And then if you get matching, that's great. You'll just grow faster. We love that. So 
15 to 20% we want to be putting away. Now choosing, do we want to do traditional or Roth? So thinking about that. And the nice thing about that Roth 401k or Roth IRA option is that there are no required minimum distributions on those. And one asterisk, of course, that we'll put on this is that the things that we're talking about today, that's how things work today. That's the current rules, in other words, that we're going off of. And we really could rabbit trail, of course, and talk about all the things that Congress could do this year, next year. They could end up changing things over time as far as how the rules work. We can kind of guess, you know, it's one of those things we can kind of guess what might happen. I think there's a pretty good chance that tax rates are going up in general over time. And so that's one thing that we can kind of debate a little bit as far as what makes sense, what doesn't make sense. But in the end, we really don't know what's going to happen in the future. So we really want to just plan on what we know today. So these are the rules today. Usually plans will offer both of these choices, traditional or Roth. Now, back to the question then is which is better, Roth or traditional? My answer, my favorite answer as a financial planner is it depends. When do you think taxes are going to be higher for you now or later? That's a key question that you really have to answer with regard to which plan do I put money into, Roth or traditional? So when do you personally think that taxes are going to be higher for you and your family now or later? Now, some of that, again, I just said, historically, we're at pretty low tax rates right now. So some people are kind of thinking about that and saying, maybe we should just rip the Band-Aid off. <laughs> maybe it's one of those things we, we should just rip the Band-Aid off, pay the taxes now because we know what they are. We kind of like the idea of tax-free later on. So in general, I like to say it depends. But you know, I, if I'm kind of pressed for an answer, in my personal opinion is I do like Roth. In general, I like Roth simply because we know what tax rates are today. We like the idea of tax-free growth. We like the idea of not having any required minimum distributions in the future. And the nice thing about Roth, too, is that it gets passed on tax-free as well. At least that's how it works right now, is that all of the accumulation, what you put in, everything in that amount of money that you've accumulated in Roth ends up passing on tax-free to whoever your beneficiary is. That's a pretty good deal, I think. Personally, it's better just to rip the Band-Aid off now and basically do whatever you can stomach and get into Roth right now. I'll tell you that from a contribution standpoint, it makes sense. Your dollars, again, company dollars go to traditional. So thinking about your dollars going into Roth IRA or Roth 401k makes a lot of sense. Also, we'll talk about conversions here in a little bit, but there are opportunities for those of you who are listening and say, I'm not working anymore, or maybe I'm in a position where I don't have a company plan available to me, so I can't do that. Maybe there are some options with traditional IRAs and Roth IRAs that we can use to plan around. So in general, I like Roth. Ripping the Band-Aid off uh, basically it just means bite the bullet, you know, pay the taxes now. So the income taxes that we're paying right now historically are pretty low. They're likely to go up with the trillions of dollars of debt and unfunded programs uh, like Social Security and Medicare, not being critical of these things necessarily, uh, not getting into politics at all. But the bottom line is there's a lot of stuff to pay for, and we've got to have some revenue to do that. You can't just borrow money indefinitely. At some point, you do have to pay your bills. And we haven't been doing a very good job at that recently. So we are probably going to have to look at some higher tax rates in the future to be covering some of these things, either that or cut stuff someplace else in the, the budget. It works just the same way as our personal budgets. And right now, the amount of money that's being borrowed really means that we're going to have to make some big changes at some point in the future, 
probably sooner rather than later. Really, it you know, it depends. When do you think tax rates are going to be higher for you, now or later? Do you think that you're going to spend all your retirement money, or do you think that passing it on to somebody else is probably in your future? These are things that you've got to decide what you believe, and then we can go forward. So the other thing is thinking about, would you want to pay taxes on the money now or later. And again, I know you don't want to ever pay it, but in some cases, people just kind of like the idea of prepaying the taxes and just getting it out of the way. If you like that idea and just saying, you know what, we've got the money, we've got the cash flow, let's just pay the taxes now. We like the tax-free later. The other thing that you might think about too here is that it doesn't have to be all or the other. You actually will have a choice when you're going in to sign up for your 401k, assuming they give you both options. And not all employers allow that Roth option. Just to be clear, there are still some employers out there that have not enabled that. If they haven't, I would ask, ask your benefits people if they can add that, because generally speaking, it doesn't cost them any more. It's just a tax thing in the background that's happening. So it probably is not going to cost your employer any more to open up that option and allow for Roth contributions. At least it gives people choices as far as where you're going to pay the taxes. So tax diversification. One thing to think about when it comes to retirement contributions is tax diversification, because I work with people across the whole spectrum from people that are just starting out all the way up into their retirement years. And having done this 22 years, I've seen a lot of things that have worked out well, and I've seen some things that haven't worked out so well. One thing that I can tell you is that we would never put all our eggs in one basket from an investment standpoint. Why would we do that with our taxes? Why would we have everything in one bucket? Let me give you an example. Sometimes we found that people are very, very good savers. A lot of the people that we would be working with, at least as clients, they're great savers. They're great at putting money away. They live below their means. But when it comes to accumulation, sometimes people do such a good job adding money into things like a 401k, a traditional 401k, for example, that they have a nice big bucket of tax deferred money at retirement, which sounds great, but it might be that almost 100% of their investment portfolio or maybe 100% of their portfolio is in tax deferred accounts. So it sounds good because, you know, I think we're kind of conditioned that we don't want to pay taxes. We're trying to reduce taxes. What we're trying to do is accumulate a lot of wealth and do it in the most tax efficient way. But if we're thinking about just today, then that means we're going to put it all into pre-tax things. And we might end up with a big bucket of tax deferred money later on. That doesn't give us a lot of tax flexibility from a planning standpoint. And if you think about the number of years that you're likely to spend in retirement. And in the U.S. right now, I think it's in the late 70s, uh, you know, as life expectancy right now. And that's going up as a trend. I think it actually dropped a little bit over the pandemic. But in general, those numbers have been going up. And with the medical advances that we're seeing, it's pretty likely when you retire that you might have several decades. It could be that you have four decades even in retirement, depending on when you're done working. But think about that. That's a lot of years. That's a lot of presidents. That's a lot of Congresses. That's a lot of tax changes that'll happen along the way. The bottom line, back to that question as far as when do we think our taxes are going to be better now or later, or when are they going to be higher now or later? We don't know. I think that's the honest answer is we don't know. And the reality is it's going to be all of the above because over a 30, 40 year retirement, 
think about the number of presidents and congresses. I think we're kind of looking at things based off of today, but think about how many changes have happened over the last 30, 40 years. There's been high taxes, low taxes, high inflation, low inflation. There's been terrible recessions. There's been awesome expansions too. So think about all that. You're going to be going through something similar. It will at least rhyme. At least it won't be the details won't be all the same, but it's at least going to rhyme. There's going to be volatility and there will be planning opportunities for people who have tax diversification, meaning it's kind of nice to have different buckets of money, not just from an investment standpoint, but from a tax standpoint. So let's unpack that just for a minute. When people ask me how much should I have in one versus the other? Well, ideally, it's good to have both. And in fact, it'd be kind of nice to have half in each. In other words, as far as just the retirement funds, And I think it's also good to have some other buckets of money that aren't retirement funds. So having our cash bucket, we talked about that three to six months worth of living expenses. And I would go higher on that in some cases, kind of depends on your situation. If you have some major expense coming up that you already know of, of course, that should be in cash in addition to that three to six months worth of living expenses. If you have a lot of uncertainty in your life right now, like you're worried about your job or your business or something else is kind of crazy right now, maybe go a little bit higher than that three to six months worth of living expenses. So it does kind of matter your particular situation. Of course, it matters in all this stuff because everybody's situation is a little bit different. And again, you all have your own values. I've got my own values. We're all going to have that as an overlay, of course, of all these decisions that we end up making. So tax diversification is a good thing because if I'm sitting down with a client right now and we're looking at where they're getting their money from, maybe they're getting social security, maybe they're one of the few people who get some kind of a pension from a company or from the government. In most cases, it's Social Security, and then it's the withdrawals that people are taking from their investments. If we have different buckets of money, then that means that we've got the ability to pull from different places depending on the situation that year. Again, the tax code can change. You might have had an extra expense that year that you need to take money out to buy a new vehicle. There could be various circumstances that would be nice, at least, to have those different buckets from a tax standpoint. In other words, what if we had a traditional bucket that was pre-tax, means that it's going to be taxed as we withdraw it? What if we had another bucket that was Roth money that's after tax and tax-free upon taking the money out? And what if we had a third bucket that would be just taxable investments, just a brokerage account, in other words, that includes things that have already been taxed? In other words, it was funded with things that were after tax, but it might be money that doesn't have to apply by any special rules like we've been talking about with this other stuff with traditional and Roth. It's kind of nice to have all three, ideally, in addition to that emergency fund, have a taxable investments bucket. Again, just a normal brokerage account, not non-retirement account, in other words. doesn't mean you won't use it for retirement. It just means that it's after-tax money that doesn't have to play by any special rules. One reason that that can be helpful as well, I've worked with a lot of people over the years, and sometimes people end up retiring early, which at least from an IRS standpoint would be before age 59 and a half. So with a traditional and the Roth money, that has to stay until 59 and a half, meaning that again, people that have been very good savers and investors over the years, they may have accumulated enough money to be able to retire. But I've run across that a number of times with folks is that they did such a good job putting money into those buckets 
And they did such a good job that they get to retire early, but then we're looking at things and it gets a little bit tricky as far as how do we pay for the bills if we don't have access to those accounts without penalty. Again, there are some exceptions that we can use, some strategies we can use to get at that money a little bit early, but it's nice to have that third bucket, that taxable investments, again, just a traditional brokerage account that we've got some investments in and we're building up in addition to the Roth and traditional money. I know that's a lot. We've talked about a lot today with regard to to traditional Roth investing, all these different rules. And again, we could go hours on this topic because there are a lot of different nuances. So of course, you will want to consult with your own financial planner. Hopefully that's us, you know, for your financial planner, that's great. But you're going to want to meet with your own certified financial planner, probably your tax advisor as well. If you've got a tax advisor, getting them in the loop on this would be a good thing. But certainly being thoughtful about this, really being diligent about this whole process and not just leaving it to chance. I think it's really important because we're going to be looking ahead and looking at things as objectively as we can today, as far as how we have things set up now, what our resources are and what our future might look like. So the financial planning process is really detailed enough that it's going to dig into things and help you feel confident about your decisions because it's not going to be just winging it. And that's what most people are doing. Frankly, most people out there are just kind of winging it financially, and they just hope that they're going to be okay at retirement instead of actually having a plan that's being executed. And plans don't mean that they're guaranteed. Mike Tyson famously said that everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth. And that's true, I think, with a lot of things, right? In life, we come up with our plans, our things that we think are going to happen, what we want to do, and then reality happens. Things happen to us health-wise and financially and job changes and things that happen that are good and bad, windfalls, all kinds of things that end up being a great opportunity to be able to really plan and look in advance. So we're not just reacting. We want to be proactive and really come up with a plan that is using time-tested principles from a financial planning standpoint, using somebody, you know, myself or somebody else who's experienced, they've seen a lot, they kind of know what works and what doesn't. I think that's pretty important because this is your future and this is my future. My own planning is my future. And so we want to be part of that. Of course, we do have tools just so you no, we have tools. We have tax tools and financial planning tools. We can do projections. We can do uh, estimates on taxes and so forth. So we can help you decide. We can certainly support you on that. For our clients, they do get that as part of the comprehensive financial planning service that they receive as far as becoming one of our clients. So if you're wondering if you qualify, if that kind of makes sense for you to become a client, if it's a good fit, certainly let's have a conversation with that, I hope that was helpful today. Again, we can help you decide on stuff like that or any number of different financial things. That's, again, the benefit of working with a certified financial planner. Not that we know everything in the world, but we are trained and have a lot of experience in areas that are going to be surrounding retirement planning, taxes, employee benefits, all kinds of stuff that relates to your life and your money. So help us support Wiser Financial Advisor. You've been so kind to do that. We've steadily grown over the past year. Hit subscribe on your favorite podcast service, whether that's Apple or Google or Spotify or whichever one you use, make sure you hit subscribe so you stay up to date. And it also helps us to get those numbers up there. Also, by you sharing this with your friends, your family, your coworkers, we've heard from so many of our clients and people that we know 
that they've shared these episodes with other people that they care about, especially when there's a topic that kind of pops up. Maybe it's a way that you're helping your kids, maybe your grandkids, maybe your parents. It could be that your parents are still working or trying to figure out, do we do a Roth conversion? Do we not? These are the sorts of questions we talked about today. We'll kind of get that going as far as that conversation. Hopefully we can help with that as well. So thank you so much. We here at the Wiser Financial Advisor want to be the antidote to all the fear and pessimism out there in the financial world. We know there's too much information, and we know that a lot of it is conflicting. It's very, very confusing out there for a lot of folks, and so so many people just do nothing because they don't know what to do. Our job as financial planners is to support you. We're always here for you. Let us know if there's any topics you'd like us to cover on the Wiser Financial Advisor. Have a great week, and God bless. This episode has been prepared for informational purposes only and is not intended to provide and should not be relied upon for tax, legal, or accounting advice. You should consult your own tax, legal, and accounting advisors. Investment advisory services offered through Keystone Financial Services and SEC Registered Investment Advisor.